We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jared. How about you? I am super excited. We have a fantastic show for you. Uh, in about, I don't know, two or three minutes, if you guys want to fast forward, that's perfectly fine. don't want to listen to us talk for a minute or two. That's cool. We will be talking with the newest acquisition for the Angels, I believe, I, they might have signed somebody else, but I believe it's the newest acquisition for the Angels from the Tampa Bay Rays, Kenny Rosenberg. Super excited to talk with him I and um, just kind of get the insight on, you know, his draft day was a big thing that I want to talk about. Um, the Rule 5 draft, which I'm sure was a, you know, a whirlwind of a day for him. And then also kind of talk about the Rays system and, and you know, how excited he is to, you know, join the Angels and such like that. So super excited to talk with him. But first, before we get going, Nate, as always, I have a question of the day for you. Um, kind of a, I don't know, this is kind of a debatable question, I guess. But what is the best baseball movie of all time? Oh, boy. I, this is, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of, bunch of ones you can go with. Bull Durham's always really good. For the love of the game is a really, really good one for me. I love Patriots movies. Um you can always go new school with like the money ball, things like that. Oh, man. Favorite one. Bull Durham's probably the one I quote the most. Because that one just has so many good lines in there that's just super easy to quote. So I think Bull Durham would probably be the answer. But I mean, for the love of the games right there, uh, Field of Dreams is right there. There's just so many good ones that it's hard to pick. Yeah, I'm with you on that. For me, favorite is Moneyball, 100%. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the best movie. I, I think it is the best movie for like the analytic mind, <laughs> people that think that way and want to understand the background a little bit more. Um, that's a good movie to kind of understand what goes on. Um, the same kind of goes for, I know this isn't a baseball movie, I love the movie Draft Day. I think that's such a cool movie. Like It just kind of like goes constantly back and forth on NFL Draft Day. 
Um, and again, I don't know how accurate that one is, but I think it's just the coolest, the, one of the coolest movies. Um, best movies, baseball movies. I mean, classic Sandlot. I mean, I, I think that that's yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, I, I think the Sandlot or Field of Dreams. It's 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 like one one A, but I don't think there's a right answer. Like you can include Major League into this too. Like that's a great yes. movie. It's kind of stupid, but it's a great movie. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so guys, just want to thank you so much for listening here at Talking Halos, making us the best podcast out there. I truly do believe it, the best Angels podcast out there. And guys, if you could subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it, give us a review, whether it's good or bad. Um, even if it is saying that I'm not a good host, that's fine. I'm, I'll live with it. It's cool. But guys, you know, leave us a review, whether it's good or bad. Let us Tell us how we can improve. Tell us how we can get better. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can follow myself on Twitter at talk at Jared underscore Tim's, and you can follow Nate at Nate Green thirty four. And guys, without any further ado, let's join Kenny Rosenberg. All right, guys, we are joined by Rule Five Minor League Draft Pick of the Angels, Kenny Rosenberg, ladies and gentlemen. I know he's been on Twitter and he's been probably the most vocal person over the past uh, week or so, and he seems to be extremely excited about uh, being in an Angels uniform uh, moving forward. So, hey, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And, you know, kind of give us a spew. Introduce yourself. Tell us what Angel fans uh, have to look forward to. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, obviously, yeah, I've been very interactive with the fan base. Um, it's very refreshing to have a fan base, not anything against the Rays organization. I mean, um, it's just how it is out there. They just don't have quite as uh, passionate, we'll say, uh, of, a, of a fan base. And um, for me, you know, I, I haven't necessarily been a top prospect or I haven't really made a ton of headlines um, throughout my career, the five plus years I spent with them. So um, as far as interacting with fans, this is the most I've done by far. And I'm having a good time with it, especially because. You know, I know everyone's going dealing with the lockout just like we are, um, and you know, people are starved for that baseball content. I'm starved for it too. You know, so I, I, I'm glad to provide a little bit of entertainment for you guys. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's been a blast. I know. Sorry about that, but uh, it's been a blast. I know fans are having an absolute you know blast talking with you, and and it's cool to see a, a player actually interact with the fans. You don't see it a, a whole lot. Um, but it, it's refreshing. It's really cool to see that, and, I, and I'm glad you're doing it from you know a media standpoint. And of course, uh, Nate Green is here with us too, guys, co-host. Um, Nate, if you ever want to hop in or uh, just talk about anything, you know, just just throw out any questions that we got. But first off, Kenny, let's talk about draft day, uh, dating back to I think 2016 was the day that you got the year that you got drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, were you expecting it? What you know what what went on that day really? Because you were drafted in the eighth round, of course. Yeah. So. Um, I guess important to start out a few years prior to that, uh, which I'll just touch on really briefly. Um, I was pretty undersized coming up when I was in high school and, um, you know, I didn't, you know, where I played, I'm from the Bay area, just North of San Francisco playing division one sports was not like a super attractive option to a lot of people. It wasn't like something that was like cool, I guess. I mean, obviously it's cool, but like most of the, popular crowd at my high school was like in drama class and stuff like that. So it wasn't like the area that I came up in was very sports oriented, but I was just diehard baseball fan. Uh, I loved watching it, playing it. It was everything I ever wanted to do my whole life. Um, ever since I was probably five years old. Um, so I knew I wanted to play college baseball. I knew I would do whatever it took to do that. And so by the time I was a senior, I was decent. Um, but still, flew under the radar and so 
going into that summer after I graduated high school in 2013, um, I didn't have any Division One offers. I had a few Division Three spots, um, a few junior colleges that showed a little bit of interest. So that, that's probably the route I was going to take until um, the then University of San Francisco pitching coach Greg Moore got the head coaching job at Northridge, said, hey, you want to come walk on? And I said, I didn't know what a walk-on was. So I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I get to play there? Yeah, 100%. So I didn't even realize that I was a walk-on at the time. Um, kind of blessed with the uh, – blessed with ignorance, I guess. I, I just didn't know. So, um, yeah, I, I made, the, made the team that year. Didn't pitch great. Redshirted in the 15 uh, with a lo- lower back injury. And then 2016 kind of just burst onto the scene. You know, obviously a lot of hard work um, going into that year after I got hurt um, kind of changed my mindset. And so by the time I got through the fall and started getting some scouting interest um, and got into the spring and pitched really well, I, I knew it was a possibility that I would get drafted. Um, and like, you would think this thing that you've been preparing for your whole life and like, it's a necessary step in order to achieve the ultimate goal of pitching the big leagues, you would think it would be a bigger deal. But at that point in my career, I had just worked so hard and I was so confident and I knew I was going to get drafted. Um, I didn't know by who, I didn't know when, um, but I knew I was going to get drafted and I had a, a hip injury, um, that I was able to pitch on that year um, that I knew needed surgery. Um, so the decision to sign was, was going to be a very easy one. And uh, I was really, really thankful to end up with the Tampa Bay Rays um, for more reasons than one. But yeah, so that, that day I, I knew I was getting drafted. I didn't know when it was, it's kind of a crazy day where, you know, you're getting calls from your agent, you're, you know, some scouts are texting you. They're like, I had I got woken up that morning at like 8 a.m. from a call from uh, somebody with the Cubs saying like, hey, we, you know, our first pick is, you know, in the third round, we really like you, would you sign for under slot? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, so I just wanted to, wanted to go play. So um, it ended up being the eighth round, it ended up being the Rays, and I'm really glad it was. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's 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 really cool to actually hear it coming out of high school that, you know, not a lot of people were, or not, you weren't getting a lot of, a lot of looks and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it just all came together. And then, I mean, eighth round is is unbelievable. You got drafted by – or you got drafted before, I mean, almost 1,000 players. It's That's that's unbelievable to think about that. So that's uh, that's really cool. And then, I mean, Northridge, of course, being – I mean, Southern California. Uh, who, are you a fan of anybody from down here? Are you an Angels fan, Dodgers fan, Giants fan, A's? Yeah, I grew up a Giants fan. Cool. Uh, grew up a big Giants fan. I was very spoiled with some very good years there when, when I was kind of like in my prime of being a fan, if you will. You know, when I was in high school and early college, um, when they won all those uh, World Series championships, but um, grew up a Giants fan, and um, my wife, who I met at Northridge, is from Orange County, um, and her family grew for the Angels. So that's been that aspect of it's been been really cool. You know, they already got hats; I don't even have to go buy them anything. They can just bust out their old stuff. So uh, it's been good. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. We got you. Got to get yourself a uh, a Rosenberg jersey for the whole family now. <laughs> Spring. Hopefully, I can wait until I actually have a number, and we don't have to do the whole custom thing on the website. Stuff, so. <laughs> exactly. I yeah, know that. I I have a good feeling about it. I mean, are you a big stack guy by chance? Because I mean, looking at stats, in, uh, you know, from the minors when you were with the Rays, that's uh, that's looking pretty good. That's that's looking pretty promising. Or do you look more about, hey, I want to focus on uh, getting better each day? I mean, I know that's a thing too, but. Do you yeah, pay attention to the stats loaded, that much? It's a loaded question. I mean, we all know where we're at. 
you know, anybody who says they don't know what their stats are, they put them up on the board pretty much every time you pitch, especially at the upper levels of the minor leagues. So you have no choice but to know what they are. So I would say, like, for me, like, I knew that I was pitching well. But even more so, and it sounds like cliche, like you said, but you're just trying to get better every day. You're trying to just, like, prepare for the next day. Like, you have to be so short-sighted. Um, and you have to have a short memory, too, uh, in that end. And um, so you, you just have to prepare each day separately than the others. So if I pitch bad, you know, I just get ready for my next, you know, the recovery starts as soon as I come out of the game. So I'm just preparing for that next, uh, the next outing, whether it be in the rotation or, or out of the bullpen, it's a little bit different how you prepare, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, the focus is not on numbers per se. You know, I love striking guys out, but I don't love striking guys out because it makes my stats look good. I love striking guys out because it's like such a rush, you know, like it's just, I'm trying to make you miss the ball, you know? So like when I achieve that goal, it's, you know, all that hard work and stuff that goes in behind the scenes, is validated so sure i mean yeah stats are cool they're sexy um and i view them more as validation of of that work that you're talking about that goes on behind the scenes yeah absolutely so i mean i don't know if you know anything about salt lake i'll just kind of throw this off the off to the side here but uh salt lake is quite the hitters park um i hope you know we see you in the major leagues but it's that's a that's a tough that's a tough park to pitch at i'll just forewarn you now um the pcl is not a lot of fun uh, if you end up, you know, um, in, in AAA or anything like that. Um, but, you know, hey, so be it. Like I said, I, I've talked to a lot of guys there, and it's um, it's interesting. It's it's a cool park to play in. It's a cool league to play in, but uh, but it's difficult to pitch in. Um, besides that, like we were talking about earlier, with Rule 5 draft, what was that day like? I know you mentioned off the record that you had no clue, you know, kind of this was going to happen, but, uh, you know, walk us through that day too. It's crazy. Uh, I, that was crazier than draft day, for sure. Uh, draft day, you know, you know the date, you're preparing for it. Um, you know, it's literally everything that you're doing just leads up to that moment. And like I said, I knew it was going to happen. Um, it wasn't a matter of if, but when. You know, I was fortunate enough to be in a position that I knew I was getting drafted. Um, but on Wednesday, <laughs> I had no idea that the minor league rule five was happening because, like I said, um, again, before we started recording, that typically what happens is there's the 40-man roster, they're protected from all portions of the Rule 5, but then there's the AAA roster, and you're effectively protected from the majority of it because the team would have to put you on the, the active roster during the year, um, and that's you know pretty rare. Uh, so as soon as I saw that the Major League portion was postponed, I checked out. I was like, all right, Rays will do what they've done the last two years. They'll put me on the AAA roster. No team's going to be able to take me in the minor league portion. I'll wait for the major league portion if and when. And again, I still knew it was somewhat unlikely just because, you know, I'm not throwing 100 miles an hour. Teams probably won't take a chance on um, putting a guy on their 26 man for the full year like that. So um, I had no idea that the draft was even happening. I got done with my workout, went to the car, opened my phone. Saw a couple notifications on Twitter from uh, a buddy, uh, former teammate John Salas. Another shout out. He's going to get plenty of those. Um, he will always be the one who broke the news to me. Uh, he's a huge Angels fan as well. And um, that's how I found out. So I just saw that tweet and was like, clicked on it and saw that my name with a you know little blue check guy who's announcing the tweets and announcing the picks on Twitter and 
whirlwind, man. The last, you know, whatever, five, six days now, I mean, just absolute whirlwind. Uh, you know, I've probably received more texts, phone calls, and messages from this draft than the original one. So it, it's been it's been just crazy doesn't really sum it up <laughs> yeah that's a you know that's a crazy couple days and like i was talking to you off the record about i don't even know and the rules for the rule five minor league rule five draft so i i don't think very many people do um and it's it's kind of a crazy time so i you know can i i can only imagine what um what you've been going through so nate i know you had a question here um what what would you want to ask kenny so kenny um coming from an organization that jerry and i love to talk about the race just seem to always produce pitching and produce players what was it like playing in that system? And, you know, were there any things that they, they gave you tips, advice that you were like, man, this, this really changed the way I do things. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it's important to start off by saying that the staff and um, players, not only front office, but coaching staff strength um, rehab and, and the training staff, they're all just amazing people over there. I, I loved every minute that I got to spend with them and um, you know I wouldn't be like you said they they are who they are for a reason I wouldn't be the pitcher I am without that experience um, as far as like one thing they told us it's it's not it's it's just constant right so the way that they win analytics has been this like broad blanket term right so I won't I'll try to stay away from the, the term analytics because um, it doesn't really sum it up it's there's so many different ways that you can improve, um, whether that be in the gym or, you know, with, you know, a certain rehabbing an injury or, you know, different um, you know, pitch sequences, right, from the coaching staff or pitch design from the analytics staff. Sorry, I said analytics. Um, and so it's comprehensive and they do a great job over there. Again, they are who they are for a reason. Um, you know, being in big league camp, this past year uh, for the first time and getting to work with, you know, Kyle Snyder and, you know, just be around guys who have been there and, and know how to improve, whether it's Tyler Glass now, Michael Walker, um, got to pick Rich Hill's branding camp quite a bit. Um, and just seeing the way they go about their business, Archer, you know, the, all those guys. Um, and so the way I describe the organization is it's like a double-edged sword, right? Because, they produce such good talent and they continue to um, essentially like breed these players and raise them um, from the ground up. And it creates, you know, obviously makes me better, but then everyone around, around me is better too. So like we all push each other and nobody is competing against each other, which is wonderful. I mean, it's easy to just be like, Hey, I want to like be better than this guy next to me because if he gets promoted, then I'm stuck here. But it was never like that, at least not after I got out of the lower levels. Um, it was always like we're always rooting for each other. Like we're always just hyping each other up and we push each other. And so that creates this, like I said, double-edged sword where it's like everyone is good and it makes you better. But then it's that much harder to advance and stick at the major league AAA level because – there's always somebody coming up behind you and there's always players that are performing. So um, I think I wouldn't have drawn this up any better where it's like they help me so much and get me to a point where I know that I'm ready to pitch in the big leagues. And it was going to be really hard, frankly, for me to get an opportunity to do so 
consistently, mainly, especially the way they operate with their, um, their bullpen and stuff. Um, so it, it seems like kind of the, the perfect storm, if you will. Yeah, definitely. You know, when, when one door closes, another door opens. And, and I think that that's kind of what the Rule 5 draft is, is kind of all about. We've seen that a lot. Um, Angels did it last year with Brandon Davis. He's on the 40-man now, and, and he's he started in, uh, let's see, he started in high A, I think, last year and, and found his way all the way, all the way to AAA. And now they're talking about possibly being a, the starting shortstop. So, I, it, like I said, when one door closes, another door opens. I don't want to take too much more of your time here, uh, Kenny, but last question here for you before we let you go. Talk about your repertoire. Talk about kind of what's made you successful over the past, uh, you know, five, six years. Yeah. So, uh, again, just as with the things I touched on when I was with the Rays, it's about comprehensive and consistent development, right? Like you just, you always have to adapt. You always have to just keep improving a little bit, either day by day or month or season by season. Um, so my repertoire looks a lot different now than it did when I was drafted by them. Um, but I would say like the one thing that remains consistent for me is um, my understanding for how to pitch. Like I mentioned before, I was never like this huge stuff guy. So like I, I really did have to pitch um, when I was in college. And even when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't, a lot of kids were throwing curveballs and stuff. My dad didn't let me throw a curveball till high school. So like I was pitching with fastball changeup and trying to get the same results and so that's created um, not only an understanding for me of that kind of cat and mouse game, but also I'm really comfortable with my fastball changeup combination. I, I have a really good understanding of when to throw certain pitches. Um, and I feel like that's, that's served me really well. But, um, you know, I throw, I throw curveball, um, which um, I used more when I was younger. And as I've gotten older, I've used it less and less. Um, especially with the way the game is now. You see a lot more like gyro hard sliders being a better out pitch. Um, so developing um, slider has been um, probably like my most recent pitch that I've been developing um, over the last few years, um, and it's gotten a lot better, and it's still getting better. Um, but m- my mix will predominantly be fastball change of slider. Um, you know, I don't know how that's going to change now that I'm – you know, with the Angels, they've been doing a lot. Um, I actually just got off the phone with uh, Dylan Axelrod a few minutes ago, um, pitching performance coordinator, I believe his his title is now, and he kind of touched on that about how um, the overhaul of the front office and the de- the player development side of things over the last couple of years, um, and how things are changing, and how they feel like they're moving in the right direction, and you know, it, it, everything. Everyone that I've heard from uh, within the organization is really excited about where. Um, you know, that side of things is headed. So uh, I'm really excited to, to get on the phone with some of those guys, uh, Matt Wise, the pitching coach, and um, be able to work um, with them. And I'm sure they're going to have some insights for me on how I can even improve my, uh, my repertoire further. Absolutely, yeah, and, and just touch on Dylan. Dylan's a, he's one of the smartest people out there. I had, I got to speak with him a couple times, and he just knows his stuff. So smart. I mean, you saw, you saw it when he was playing and now when you, as a coach. He's, he's, he's just so smart and we've seen kind of the fruits of his labor over the past year or so. Um, so Kenny, thanks so much for joining us here at Talking Halos. I, I really appreciate it. I know Nate appreciates it as well. And hopefully all the listeners really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, I know you've been on, on Twitter so much, so this is kind of cool that, you know, we, we've been able to talk on Twitter and now all the fans will, you'll, we'll be able to hear you on here and hopefully, you know, you, uh, we will see you in spring, obviously. 
Um, best of luck there uh, with everything going on, and hopefully we see you in Anaheim real soon too. Yeah, hope so. And uh, yeah, glad that they get to see me on a podcast and actually like talk about like some real things rather than just like my Twitter uh, <laughs> persona is much more lightweight, much more um, you know fun oriented rather than you know talking about like you know the meat and potatoes of what it actually is that I do. So I, I love both. Um, I'm glad I get to do both, and I hope that. Uh, we get to continue to do stuff like this. Yeah, well, good luck next year. I uh, hope to have you on again real soon, uh, hopefully in spring. So have a, uh, have a great day and good luck next year. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Yep. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.